This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, there has been some murmurings and controversy around on board Planola. The deputy chairman had to resign. Uh, his name was Paul Hyde over a alleged conflict of interest. But there have been more developments on board Planola. It's very much at the heart of how the state makes decisions on who can build what and where. It affects us all in different ways and it is regarded as the most, one of the most powerful bodies in the state because of uh, the effects it has and responsibilities it has in the area of planning. And recently they have been dogged by a scandal. Uh, really, the deputy chairman, Paul Hyde, ha- had to resign when it uh, was discovered that he had sat in judgment of an appeal that in fact was lodged by his sister-in-law. He says he didn't know it was her who was appealing. That's his brother's wife. And yet more stuff has emerged. And it is now a very serious matter. The Minister for Housing, Darrell O'Brien, has responsibility for on board Planola. And he made some dramatic moves against uh, Paul Hyde, which he only learned about at the weekend. Uh, Mick Clifford, the special correspondent for the Irish Examiner, one of the best reporters in the country, and Mick has been across this case. Mick on board Planola has a, a kind of reputation and indeed responsibility that is hugely important for the way this state operates for ordinary people, for builders and all kinds of people. This scandal appears to draw a bad image and to cast the board as it's presently constituted in a bad light. I think that's fair to say, Eamon. Um, people all over the country will be familiar with board planola because of the nature of its work, which, as you said, quite obviously is to do with planning. So anybody, for instance, who made an application for an extension to the house, down to people who made observations or objections to, for example, large wind farms being built in their district. Yes. All of them, on the, anytime there's an appeal beyond the planning authority, the planning authority in each county is the local authority. And if there, if that grants permission or refuses it, then 
the, the developer or anybody who's an objection to it can then appeal to Umbor Planola. They make a decision uh, that's the final decision unless someone decides to try to go to uh, the High Court on the basis of procedure. But their function, as you said, it's a very powerful one. It's a quasi-judicial role in that they are charged with using their best judgment to determine without fear or favour whether uh, a planning uh, development of whatever it is should go ahead. Now, there's one uh, caveat to that, and that was, and, and this is central to some of the issues that have arisen. In 2017, in order, in an attempt to speed up the planning process, the government brought in this thing, strategic housing developments. In that instance, it meant if you had a development of more than 100 housing units, you could apply directly to onboard Planola, in other words, skip the local authority level of uh, the planning process, and they would decide then. That has led to huge problems. The government have discontinued it. Paul Hyde, inside in onboard Planola, was effectively the oversaw the strategic development aspect of things in, in, in his role as deputy chairman. That led to some of the problems. But that's a, a broad outline of what they do and how powerful they are. And it has to be said that in, you know, you go back to the economic collapse and the way various institutions have fallen down in terms of any public confidence. On board Planola always, despite having what some people would consider a controversial role at times, it always maintained that public confidence. But that, I think, has been badly dented by these recent scandals. Yes, and uh, in the interests of fairness, and we should say that this story first was first reported by The Ditch, which is an online news outlet, and everyone in the, who's interested should be grateful to The Ditch for breaking this story first. Now, the minister at a certain stage, and this emerged uh, at the weekend, uh, at a certain stage, Darrell O'Brien, the Minister for Housing, instructed on board Planola to cut off Paul Hyde's phone, his email, and all access to electronic communications. And he, he wanted it done immediately. The order was issued, and it was done at 10 past nine on a Friday night, Friday night, May the 6th. So clearly, and now the matter has gone or is on its way to the Director of Public Prosecutions. But there's also a, a question that has arisen about the, the chairman of Onboard Planola, Dave Walsh, uh, and how he has handled uh, this matter. Yes, that's true. Um, just a quick sequence there, I mean, as you said, the ditch initially broke it. Uh, when the Irish Examiner had a number of follow-up stories as well. But within a few weeks of uh, the breaking of the story, it became obvious that there was a serious issue over conflict of interest. You mentioned um, Paul Hyde sat in a ruling or he oversaw a ruling involving his sister-in-law and brother, their domestic home and extension application in Sandy Mountain, Dublin. There was another one for an SHD development. I mentioned about the 100 plus housing units where he was involved in and he turned that down and it emerged through the ditch that himself and his father owned a company that had a plot of land that was very close to that and he had yeah. never declared it. And quite understandably, some people would suggest that that would have constituted a conflict of interest. But when that stuff all emerged initially, 
nothing was done by uh, the chairman to um, interfere with Mr. Hyde's yes. um, process, his function there. And then it would seem in this emergency at the weekend, as you say, that the Minister for Housing moved and he said that he want, he didn't want him to be sitting in rulings any longer while this thing was on and he cut off his emails etc around that time Dar O'Brien also appointed a, a senior counselor Remy Farrell to look into these allegations um as i say a number of other allegations emerged since then in july uh Paul Hyde resigned on a friday evening again we reported that first in the examiner he resigned and Remy Farrell eventually finished his report. That went to the minister there about 10 days ago. He passed it over to the Attorney General who came back with the view that there was an issue that the DPP should look at. As I understand, the, the issues arise under sections 148 and 149 of the Planning and Development Act, Development Act 2000, which deal with conflicts of interest, potential conflicts of interest and declarations of interest. And if it is found that they were not done properly, then an offence has been committed. So the DPP will have to decide on that. The other element to it is, meanwhile, after this initial uh, Farrell report was instigated by the minister, Umbord Penol began an internal investigation themselves because an awful lot of further allegations had come out that were not covered by the Farrell report. That internal investigation is still ongoing and is expected to report at the end of the month. But your point about the chairman, Dave Farrell, is definitely well made. Uh, Dave Walsh. Dave Walsh, excuse me. Yeah, Mr. No, Farrell I don't was, was the senior counsel. I don't want yeah, Mr. Sorry. Farrell taking no, an no, action no. against he, 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 Mr. Farrell is the man who investigated. Sorry. <laughs> Dave Walsh. Um, he, he, there have been issues around how he has handled things. There's a lot of questions. People like, for instance, Keno Callan of the housing spokesperson for the Social Democrats has brought up issues around it. And particularly what kind of controls were in place? What role did the chairman have in terms of those uh, controls? Uh, there's been issues around the same personnel being appointed to look at particular uh, planning applications. Why, how were they allocated? There's a lot of that there, and um, we'll just have to see how exactly that is dealt with in terms of Mr. Walsh, but I don't think his role is covered by this internal inquiry that's ongoing at the moment. Yeah, and there is political responsibility at the end of the day. It's the Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, who is often talked about now as perhaps a future leader of uh, Fianna Fáil. So he has... He bears some responsibility as well. well. One of the fascinating things about this story, Mick, is how official Ireland works. Where did Mr. Hyde uh, come from, uh, Paul Hyde? And when you dig into the story, what you find is that he's a friend of Simon Coveney and that he and Simon Coveney, he's an architect by training, uh, he grew up in Cork, they once co-owned a yacht, and Mr. Coveney appointed his friend, Mr. Hyde, to the board of the Irish Marine Institute in 2012. In 2014, the then Minister for the Environment, Phil Hogan, appointed Mr. Hyde to the board of onboard Planola. There's no suggestion that Mr. Hogan, or indeed Mr. Coveney, did anything wrong, but in the case of Mr. Coveney, there has to be a feeling that this is the kind of cronyism 
that really has bedeviled Ireland since the state was set up. Friends, neighbours' sons, doing a good turn. How come Simon Coveney is recommending anybody, particularly someone that he co-owns a boat with, to such a responsible position? Are we that badly off for people? <laughs> Just to be clear, I mean, uh, no, nobody knows whether Simon Coveney appointed Paul Hyde to the Marine Institute. Yes, uh, there's no re- there's no record of him recommending or of any role in appointing him. Oh, absolutely not. Over. I well, mean, no. God forbid that there yeah. be any connection between yeah. uh, Mr. Coveney <laughs> but, uh, and um, Phil Hogan. But um, but you're 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 absolutely right to point out the various connections, and people could well uh, surmise that uh, Mr. Hyde was in good standing with Fine Gael as a result of his friendship with uh, Simon Coveney. And there's another issue as well, and that is how exactly he was appointed. Because the members of Umbor Planola are appointed by this nominating process where you have a whole range of bodies right across civic society that nominate individuals and then it's finally up to the minister to decide who to appoint. Now, that was in place so that members of the board might reflect society as a whole. Yes. And that is an issue in itself because that is not happening. It's become a very technocratic board. But going back to Mr. Hyde, an, an, an architect and on that basis well qualified, he was nominated by a, an organisation, Irish Rural Dwellers Association. Now, it turns out that this was an organisation that were very much in favour of uh, people leaving the cities and and relocating to rural Ireland and on itself a, a, a yes. noble gesture. They had a lot of political pull at the time and, and it was overseen by one man, um, Jim Connolly, who did a lot of good work in that area. But they nominated Mr. Hyde. But the Irish Rural Dwellers Association was no longer in being by the time Mr. Hyde was appointed. Right. Now, I contacted somebody close to Mr. Connolly, and he had no recollection whatsoever of Mr. Hyde. I contacted three board members of the then defunct Irish Rural Dwellers Association. They knew nothing about it. Somebody obviously appointed him, or recommended him, nominated him, excuse me. But it certainly was not done in a manner that was either transparent or procedurally correct if the organisation itself is no longer in being. So there's a whole opaque situation there around the appointment of some members, and particularly I think that's in relation to uh, how Mr Hyde was appointed. None of this, again, is covered by um, Mr Farrell's report, because a lot of this emerged after he'd been appointed by uh, the Minister for Housing to do his uh, report. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, um, the Attorney General has suggested that this report uh, be sent to the Director of Public Prosecutions. And there the matter lies, or does it? Um, is there a political, there clearly is a political issue here as well for the government, for the Minister for Housing. I mean, it's his, in the end, he, the buck stops with him. He does appear to have acted swiftly on the 6th of May when he ordered Umbert Planola and the, the chairman, Dave Walsh, to cut off Paul Hyde effectively from accessing anything to do with Umbert Planola. So there was urgency at that stage. But where do we go from here now? And what about people who will feel, and you referenced it there, uh, who were looking for planning permission for flats, for apartments, and had it nixed? And it turns out that Paul Hyde owned land that would have been interfered with uh, and compromised if that permission had been given. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Politically, I mean, I, I would guess politically Darrell O'Brien's principal uh, duty, as far as he would see it, is to try and restore confidence in the board. And as you say, he did act swiftly in um, ensuring that Paul Hyde had no further function while inquiries were ongoing. And he did act swiftly after Mr. Farrell's report was delivered to him in getting it to the Attorney General and coming back and referring it to the DPP. As somebody, even in the course of my work, who's observed a lot of these reports being examined and examined again and deciding whether or not to refer to the DPP, that was done very quickly, I have to say. It was within a matter of a, a couple of weeks and that, that is relatively unusual. So they're quite obviously, they see this as an urgent issue. Dar O'Brien has also spoke about in turn about the review. There's a review by the planning regulator about appointing new uh, posts to onboard Planola and about how he's stopping at uh, this practice of two members of the board making decisions. A lot of that stuff was ongoing already. But he is acting urgently. But there's another side to that too, and that is there was a major review into how Umbor Planola was operating in 2016, and that made over a hundred recommendations. And I totted them up there last week, and only about 33 were actioned out of those. 
and the, the big ones, the ones around nomination and that kind of thing, were not actioned. So he's a bit of catching up to do because a lot of this stuff could have been done, should have been done, and if it was done, it may well have ensured that things would not have got as bad as they now are. Yes, and uh, I mean, the, there's a case at the moment uh, involving Minister Troy, a government minister, and the property he owns is a landlord, undeclared, undeclared, undeclared by a massive amount. Fintan O'Toole, writing in the Irish Times today, has some fairly cutting views on this, and it, it goes to the the kind of question of integrity, really, and uh, transparency, and knowing what our rulers have in terms of interests and conflicts of interest. This is this seems to me make the board plan all the stuff to be almost worse than one minister who's got a, <laughs> a, a landlord empire, which he hasn't declared. This is actually goes to the very heart of people's existence when they're applying for or appealing planning decisions. Yeah, I think that's true, you know. I, I mean, like, and I think Fintanato did reference also the, the, the connection here with Port Planola and, and Robert Troy. And yes. W- w- we're in the midst of an existential crisis in terms of public policy with housing. I mean, it's got to the stage where some people would suggest with some evidence that the social contract has been broken and that there's a generation now who not only can't afford their house to buy a home, excuse me, but they're also shelling out every bob they can find anywhere in terms of rent, which is totally unsustainable. Now, against that background, Umbor Planola has a vital function in yes. expediting the building of dwellings for people and ensuring that there is proper planning in doing so. Because remember, we're at a scenario where everybody agrees there has to be more and more building, but we have to ensure at the same time that it's put up in the right place in the right manner. And that's where board Planola comes in. And it's vital in that respect that there's public confidence in it now, possibly more than ever. And, and, and the, this recent stuff has really drained public confidence from it. Similarly, you could say Robert Troy, well, he's, he's an example of somebody who, and you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it in one sense, and that is people playing the market in order, playing the housing market in order to make money. But there's something certainly people would feel in relation to a member of the current government um, seemingly prospering to some extent in that respect, entirely legitimately. But in terms of what the country as a whole is going through, and particularly the younger generation, you can see why people would have a very jaundiced view of the whole thing. Yes, now, bef- speaking before the Dole Committee, uh, Dave Walsh, who is uh, the chair of Umbopolona, uh, refused to uh, apologise for uh, this business and he says that things are proceeding and that this isn't the time for definitive points of view. But it's certainly, as a journalist, both of us make it's true that the media can lose interest in stories like this and all of a sudden a scandal or a potential scandal that we were very exercised about fades off into the sunset and we forget about it. And a lot of these people in official Ireland who have responsibilities they don't always honour, they take advantage of that. Our attention spans are short. And, and this is where the minister does 
really have responsibility to see these things through. Oh, he does. And, and uh, you know, as as I said, like that quality of, of, of public confidence, the, the, there's uh, some institutions can function without it. This is kind of primal in terms yes. of people, the, the, the whole area of planning. And you mentioned Dave Walsh before that. Um, I think it was a public accounts committee there recently. I um, I was tuned into that for the day. I mean, th- those are hours I will never get back. But <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it, it was interesting. And, and particularly what exercised the uh, TDs and senators was that something like 19 million was spent by that board on legal fees in the last year for accounting. I think it was 2020, possibly. But that's an indication that successful legal challenges were taken against so much the board did and taken repeatedly in areas like strategic housing development. So, I mean, for instance, if they got it wrong once or twice and they looked at it and saw where they got it wrong and they started getting it right thereafter, okay, that's understandable. That's a learning process. But they kept getting it wrong and the costs kept mounting up. And again, that, you know, that's understandably that exercise the parliamentarians and questions do arise as to why there is so many successful legal challenges against decisions by the board. It infers that the board are not doing something right. And not only that, they're not correcting what they're doing wrong. And that is a problem that arises as well. And Dave Walsh was under some pressure in trying to justify that uh, before the Oireachtas committee that day. Yes, and they're prepared to go to court and spend taxpayers' money yeah. uh, defend, defending uh, their decisions. Where do we go now, uh, Mick, with this case uh, in particular? But more importantly, the Minister for Housing, an ambitious and energetic politician who uh, many believe will be in the hat, his name will be in the hat if anything happens to Michal Martin. What does he need to deliver here? Well, I suppose the next stage, Eamon, well, there's, there's two elements. The, the, the DPP will decide whether there's a criminal case to answer, and right. that will progress. But to be honest with you, Mr. Hyde, in that respect, is a beaten docket because irrespective of what happens to him personally, whether or not he, he does face any charges, his fate has now been decoupled from that of Umbor Planola. Yes. Within, within the board, this internal review is looking at issues like, for instance, why there were only two board members. Why on a large and a huge number of occasions that the board uh, went against the recommendation of their own inspectors? Yes. Now, they're entitled to do that, but generally speaking, it's more exception than rule. And like, for instance, my colleague in, in the examiner, Keenan Brennan, reported that over two years, practically n- n- dozens of, of applications for uh communication masts around the country where inspectors recommended refusal, the board actually went ahead and granted it. Yes. So there are issues around that kind of thing. There are issues, for instance, around there, there's been a reported about the director of planning in the board offering opinions at a property conference contrary to best practice. In other words, giving an impression intentionally or otherwise, and I'm sure it was unintentional, that she was sympathetic to developers positions in terms of planning, whereas, you know, it's supposed to be entirely neutral. So you have a lot of issues around that, that this internal inquiry is going to look at. What becomes of it is another matter. But one way or the other, it's difficult but to see that any restoration of confidence, of public confidence, is going to be a very slow process because, or if you put it another way, Eamon, 
it's inevitable that people, and this is at the ver- with the very best practice, are going to be cheesed off with some decisions from a board planola simply because yes. they've lost. You know, we're all we're all human in that regard. Yes. But if there isn't public confidence, then this notion that the board is in some way corrupt or you can't trust them, that's going to gain traction more if if public confidence isn't restored and and done so with some urgency. So, but as I say, it's it's going to be a slow process and there's reforms that have to be done there and how quickly they're done. I suppose the real big question is, can it be reformed sufficiently and confidence restored under the current board and particularly under the current chair? And we just have to wait and see what might be decided in that respect and particularly what, as you mentioned, uh, Darrell O'Brien might decide in that regard. Yeah, it would be reassuring, finally, Mick, if um, somebody who happened to be a pal of Simon Coveney's and owned, co-owned a yacht with him in Cork didn't end up as deputy chair of on board Planola, not because Mr. Coveney is in any way a shady character, but he's certainly a political character. Shouldn't we take this out of the realm of politics and find a way where citizens can sit on on board Planola who are free of political alignment and attachments and what, frankly, in this particular case, looks like cronyism. I mean, it's hard to disagree with that, Eamon. The nomination process for the board, and this is a a very good job. You're talking about a job the ordinary members are on, I think it's 129,000 a year, the deputy chair is on 140, the chair is on over 200,000 a year. So these are really good jobs. They're for five-year terms minimum and a lot get reappointed. As you say, it is now entirely, even though there's various, um, what you might call, uh, dressing around it, but it's entirely in the gift of the minister. Like if I want a nomination, if, if, if I'm an architect, yes. so, sorry, first the point is, it's become so technocratic, you're not supposed to necessarily be an architect or a planner, but that's the way it's gone. But if, if you want to, is an architect. He is, yeah. If you want a nomination, there's a whole list there of, oh, it's dozens of, of, of nominating bodies. So, for example, if I'm a friend of the minister and I want a nomination, I, I don't think it would take too much to get one of these bodies to nominate me. Thereafter, right. if the minister, for example, sees my name and thinks I'm a great guy, uh, he can appoint me. And th- th- there, that 2016 review that was done, they made recommendations to change that. They have not been implemented. So as things stand, to the greatest extent, appointments to this board are in the gift of the minister. And that is definitely something that leaves it open to the possibility that people will be appointed, not on the basis of excellent uh, background or, or, or what they might bring to the process, but perhaps our old friend, the cronyism. I'm not saying that happened in this instance, but this pro- the, the system is such that it can leave it open to that still. One other quick thing in that, Eamon. As I said, the board is supposed to reflect society. The first two chairs were high court judges. Yes. Uh, one of the first appointments was a man who delivered bread for a living. Now, he was a political crony of the minister today, but the point about that was, you're supposed to have a cross-section of society yes. that is representative, not a technocratic board that is all planners and architects who, let's be fair, like all of us, could be susceptible to groupthink. And that is a problem that it has got 
gone that way and that it does not represent society as a whole anymore. Again, in terms of the nominating process, that needs to be addressed. And given the excruciating suffering and pain people in search of a home are going through, this is a particularly ugly abuse. Oh, it is. It, 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 it is, because as, as you say, housing is such a crisis now to have such a body central to how yes. we build and where we're going to build to be mired in this, you know, I mean, you can understand how people would get cynical. Okay, Mick Clifford, Special Correspondent with the Irish Examiner. Thank you very much for joining us. Mick is one of the great journalists we have and we're very grateful to have him on the stand. Uh, we're grateful to Mick, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.